0: Welcome to the This Week in Braves Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, thanks for joining us for our first podcast. I don't know that we've quite kind of rested from the regular season. There is no rest for the weary uh, when it comes to baseball. We're already well into the postseason, and uh, joining us on our first podcast is Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times. Topper, I know you had no rest at all. You probably haven't even unpacked your bags from Texas. No,
1: the work bag is definitely still full, Neil, absolutely.
0: Give us your take, because it was Tuesday of this week that uh, Kevin and Cash and Matt Silverman had their end-of-season press conference. What was your biggest takeaway uh, from the half-hour session they did with the media?
1: Well, I mean, I think it was clear that, you know, they realized that accountability for that bad season is is widespread, and and both of them took blame, you know, individually for, for their aspects of the operation. I mean, uh, Matt for the front office, Kevin for the field staff and and said, you know, they both need to improve and their departments need to improve and obviously the players need to improve as well. Um, you know, I think it was fairly obvious to, to you and I, the people that are with the team all the time you know, what their areas of need are they have to improve the bullpen, they talked about that. You know, maybe not as much of a focus, I mean there'll be a focus, but maybe not as much of a likelihood of improving the catching situation. Significantly, they talked about that. Yeah, I do think they're going to go to look to add another bat uh, somewhere to fit in as well. But, yeah, I, I think the accountability is what stuck with me. I mean, Kevin Cash said he has to do a better job, and, and Matt Silverman said they have to get better players.
0: And, and that's hard to do based on uh, you know, the financial restraints. Um, you know, You're looking at a team that I, I looked up the numbers. They gave up more than 70, I think it was 71 more runs this year than they did last year. It's hard to all of a sudden find that run prevention somewhere unless guys perform better.
1: Yeah, and that's the big key. I think they were minus 41 for the season. And, and you know, if you look back in the years during that six year period where they went to the playoffs four times, they were a very much a plus team. And to be in the negative side of that, and that's a combination of several things. I mean, they scored more runs this year, but not nearly as many more as they would have thought. In fact, they were. Uh, joined the New York Mets as the only teams in baseball history to hit over 200 homers and score less than 700 runs. So, yeah, the reality of uh, adding the homers didn't necessarily correspond to adding more runs. They need to do better in other aspects. So run prevention is two things, and obviously it's a matter of scoring more runs and also allowing fewer runs. And the leaky defense and the first half starting pitching, I think, were two of the things that you would not have expected from a typical Rays
0: team. When we're chatting with Mark Topkin at the Tampa Bay Times. And, Topper, you know, that kind of was one of the takeaways I got from the two wild card games. Um, that, you know, you look at the teams that were eliminated, either A, the Mets, they couldn't score, or the Orioles, they could score, but the only way they could score was the home run. And really the Mets this year, as you just mentioned, relied heavily on the home run. in the postseason, it may work in the regular season, you've got to do more than just hit the home run ball.
1: Yeah, and then the irony to that, Neil, is that both of those teams lost because of a home run hit against mm-hmm. them. And then that, you know, almost uh, in, in a bitter twist as to how their season's ended. But, you know, facing very good pitching, as teams are going to do if they advance to the postseason, the need to be able to create runs is just magnified. And, and it, you know, the fact that they lost again because home runs were hit against them doesn't take away from that. Yeah, you know, the Mets had some opportunities early in that game on Wednesday night and didn't take advantage of them. And then they lose on the home run. So yeah, I think for the Rays, the model has to be somewhere in the middle, and it always is. They always, you know, and they always talk about trying to, you know, thread the needle, find that spot where you know get more offense, but don't take away from their pitching and defense. That balance shifted. Matt Silverman said at the press conference here you know, on Tuesday, the pendulum swung a little bit, and it went too far because by adding the offense, you know, inherently they weaken the defense. So you know, up the middle, they've obviously got Kiermaier. Logan Forsyth, they're very, very excited. It's very clear how many times alone just that they mentioned Matt Duffy's name, how big of a role they expect him to play next year in solidifying the defense and helping the offense. So, yeah, they've got to figure out where they can get better in other areas. LaGloria is obviously very good. Now, is Brad Miller going to stay at first? Is he going to get better with more work at first base? Are they going to improve the catching situation? That'll help both in terms of you know pitch framing, pitch calling, game calling but also controlling the running game and things like that that also can have effects on this. And then obviously center field with Kevin Kiermaier set, but those left and right field spots last year, there were a number of balls we saw routinely, whether they were not necessarily errors, but where plays weren't made on balls that would have saved the pitchers' hits, base runners, and even just extra pitches.
0: Speaking of which, I don't know how closely you watch the two wildcard games, Mark, but you, know, you mentioned corner outfield play. Mark Trumbo, I rather... Um, um, Nolan Rimel not making a play in the last inning against the, the Blue Jays. And then also Michael Bourne, who made a pretty good run but wasn't able to hold on to a ball earlier that led to the tying run scoring. In the Orioles' defense in the outfield, you could say played a role in costing them, although most of the attention, and rightfully so, is one on, on what Buck Showalter didn't do with his closer, Zach Britton.
1: Absolutely. And, and again, when you get to that level and the Rays were there, for, you know, as we said, four times in a two-year period, Every mistake is magnified. Every play that isn't made comes back caught you, and it just shows you the need to have that, that tidy defense all the way around the field, especially when you're a pitching and defense-oriented team, as the Rays are.
0: And in that wild-card game, I know it's probably more attention than Buck Walter has probably gotten for a decision of his in quite some time. Look, I understand the decision was the wrong one. I felt at the time watching the game it was, but um, you know, to me, probably more discredit needs to go to the Orioles offensively. They didn't have a hit, what, after the sixth inning of that game.
1: Yeah, it's it's been funny to hear how Buck Showalter, you know, has just been uh, vilified for this decision and, and, you know, several, you know, very astute, you know, writers and commentators that we all know and respect calling it maybe the stupidest decision they've ever seen in a postseason game and and things like that from a very good manager. I mean, I, I agree with you. I thought it was the wrong decision, but I also understood what he was thinking in doing it and and, you know you I think you're allowed to have both of those thoughts you're allowed to disagree with it and also say that you understand why he made it and it did come back to haunt him and then the idea of waiting until they'd caught a lead I mean one thing we'll never know and and obviously Showalter and Britton both said he was perfectly healthy but was there a concern he had pitched five outs on Sunday was there a concern of extending him you know, on Tuesday night, were they really thinking he was limited to one inning and they didn't want to have to bridge an inning with him? You know, did something not feel right when he was warming up? I mean, those things we'll never get an answer to. But assuming, as everyone said, he was perfectly healthy, it was purely a strategic decision by Buck Showalter, thinking he was going to catch a lead. And you're right, his offense had failed so many times to that point. Maybe that's where he was misguided.
0: And I tend to believe with you that there probably is more to it that we'll never know in that regard in terms of health. Let's look forward at these playoff series I think of the wild-card teams that uh, advance. I think Toronto has a better chance against Texas, mostly because they didn't have to use Aaron Sanchez and Jay Happ in the wild-card game and that the Giants burned Madison Bumgarner and the opponent they're facing. Yeah,
1: I think so. I would agree with you. I think that Texas-Toronto series is going to be fascinating because of all the undertones. And and you go back to last year with the bat flip by Jose Bautista. You go to this year with the, the issue between Bautista and Odor. And I think there are just some hot feelings. Sam Dyson was in the middle of that last year, the reliever for the Rangers from Tampa. So there's a number of, of reasons to think that there's going to be some heated feelings. Of course, they're, they're playing day games down there. The Texas fans are unhappy about the scheduling. So every, it's going to be the all-grumpy series, I think. But the, the potential is very interesting there. The you know, Giants-Cubs is interesting in a different way. As you say they burn Bumgarner, we could see Matt Moore in playing a key role, the former Ray. And it's depending on, you know, how they split up the rest of their rotation, when he starts, where he starts. Obviously, the Cubs, you know, are very much of a team with a lot of X-rays flavor to it. and You know, Joe Madden certainly Davey Martinez, Ben Zobrist, they have the three most prominent X-rays involved with that team. So be curious to see how the, they unfold. I think at this point, you know, if I was going to pick, I would lean toward the Cubs as you did as well. I think the Rangers will end up beating the Blue Jays just because I think the Rangers, the front end of their pitching with Darvish and Hamels is really, really good. But as you point out, Sanchez and Happ have been good as well.
0: Yeah, and I think home field helps the Rangers there. Um, and, and you know, I think that's a factor in this. And I also wonder about Roberto Osuna at the back end. I know they say it's not bad, but, again, he had to leave a game early. That has to be something.
1: Yeah, and that's obviously always a concern, and you you, you wonder – Especially in a series like that, where you know, you play two days, you get one day off, and you have to play three days, and you know, you could have a, uh, Sorry, two days and day off, play two days. You know that idea of back to back is almost guaranteed for that back end closer if you're in the game.
0: No doubt. Uh, for the other series, I know you uh, indicated in the uh, Tampa Bay Times. I'll go Boston over Cleveland. As much as I'd like to see the Indians win. The injuries to their pitching staff, I think, hurt them, and I'll go with the Nationals uh, because of the home field edge against the Dodgers.
1: Yeah, a little surprising you take the Nationals in the sense that, you know, they're missing Strasburg and they're missing Ramos, and then that's a big drop off. I mean, Jose Lobaton again, talk about the X-ray factor, Jose Lobaton will be elevated to a pretty significant role for the Nationals, with their, you know, really good catcher Wilson Ramos out for the rest of the postseason, so... That's gonna be interesting. I think the Nationals are a little beat up and, and you know, Dusty Baker has a different element there. They've obviously been a team that's been labeled with some postseason failures before. I think Dusty Baker will have a really good handle on that for them and controlling, you know, the expectations and tempering things for them. But I just think the Dodgers, even as beat up as they've been, I, I think they've pieced it together a little
0: bit better. I just want to see Clayton Kershaw pitch well in a playoff game. I know everyone says he will, but until he does it, I'm gonna to lean towards Scherzer and the Nationals.
1: Well, if you feel that way, then what do you feel about David Price pitching well in a postseason season game?
0: <laughs> I give they have Porcello leading off the series. That's why I'll give Boston the edge. <laughs> Mark, good stuff as usual. We appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you plenty on this podcast during the course of the offseason.
1: Sounds great, Neil. Happy to help.
0: That is Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times. Our next podcast will come up when we get to the League Championship Series. Enjoy the baseball. We'll talk to you soon.